Okay, welcome, 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 everybody. Have a happy Memorial Day weekend. Two Lit Crew, get in here. Cole Snook, VP. What did y'all have going on this weekend? It's crazy for me because I have holidays now. Y'all know what I mean by that. Like, I actually have holidays where I can celebrate with friends without having to worry about practice. We talking about practice? So it's weird. I never really experienced holidays the way I'm experiencing them now. But what y'all got going on, Cole? What you what'd you do this Memorial Day weekend? I actually cleaned my house, started packing for a trip coming up, and just ate food. We grilled out a little bit. That's about Ooh, it. Yes, yes, that sounds like heaven. Snooker Booker, what about you? Well, the same thing, packing and uh, cleaning the house, getting ready for a trip. And I also had over uh, the middles, your sister and her crew for Memorial Day. And the shorts. I, yes, <laughs> the shorts. And I had some new dishes that I was trying out on them. So they're the guinea pigs. So we'll talk about that later. Okay, cool. VP, what you doing? I know you're going to be outside. What's up? Maybe I'll be outside. Uh, no, yeah, you know, I just hung out with some friends and, uh, you know, how to cook out. I love it. Well, listen, I like that. I actually shouts to my best friend through a cookout, has some nice food with friends. And it's really crazy. I haven't hung out with my friends in, wow. Um, I don't know how long they came to the Atlanta Dream Games recently, but just hanging out. It's been a whole pandemic. And I was one of those ones that everyone made fun of in a sense of, I said no to everything. Like, you want to go here? Nope. It's a pandemic. You want to go here? Nope. So I was really like working and home. So Memorial Day was different. I like it. It's things are starting to open back up a little bit, but let's get right into it. VP, what you got? What's going on in the world other than the Memorial Day for scoreboard? Yeah, so, um, you know, video games are huge, right? And now, like, I kind of knew that there was stuff like this, but they named, like, Super Smash Brothers now as, like, a varsity sport, which I don't completely understand yet. Wait, but what? I know, yeah, so I know, like, uh, this play versus, actually, I remember telling you about it last year, um, and probably, you know, probably, probably the pandemic stuff kind of messed it up, but they were planning, like, leagues for schools and stuff, and they were, uh, they had, like, stats on how much cheaper it is to run a video game uh i guess video game tournaments versus like actual sports and yeah so like super smash brothers just got named as a varsity sport along with like other ones like madden fifa league of legends what? listen i'm actually you got to kind of respect it because these esports leagues are making just as much money as a lot of these regular leagues or more money than that so you mean to tell me like in high school a kid can sign up for an extracurricular activity that's a varsity sport and is gaming is that what we're saying yeah absolutely wow. I actually like that concept and I know it's not for everyone but it gives kids who are literally physically maybe not able to play a sport and be out there on the field it gives them an idea of they can actually get a letter in it so you know not everybody's going to be a, a pure athlete be able to get on a team, be able to showcase their talents, but they might have other talents. I, I actually like the, the idea of inclusive for everybody to be able to yeah. get a, varsity, a pin or a varsity letter or whatever for college, even in colleges, like people went different ways. And plus now that we're finding out, you can actually get very good jobs in gaming. Yes. Uh, I mean, why not? Why not expose everyone? <laughs> Yeah, uh, like I said, I, I think it's a great idea because, again, you might be building the future um, managers for teams, the future statisticians and things of that nature, because even though they couldn't play the game, they've learned the game. And uh, as, as uh, Cole said, there's a lot of money to be made. We have to have our friend on here one day, OG. OG, we OG. will have OG on the show because what OG's job is he's a head coach and GM of the of Nets Gaming, which is the Brooklyn Nets gaming team. Every NBA team has a team affiliated with them, and he's the head coach and GM. As Cole said, there's real jobs out here, Snookabooka. Yes, yes. And, and as I said before, it's just uh, we, we need to find everything we can to keep our younger individuals engaged. And if yeah. this is something that's going to help them be engaged, and when you're engaged, you're not in trouble, it's those who are not engaged so I, I have off to it no and what I like about it as well is you know how it, it almost legitimizes gamers and that whole 
universe in a sense of a lot of people don't respect gaming still and don't understand that this is a big money making business these are people with like you said cold jobs are being made from this people are making money so yeah groom them start them young what else you got vp yeah and also uh, colleges already give out scholarships for gaming now too so oh well then yeah just they might as well start (laughs) so maybe 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 you don't want to tell vance to put down the video games Right. I might need to tell Junior to pick it up, baby. We got scholarship money to get. Let's go. Before uh, I retired, we were actually at our community college putting together some programs for gaming, trying to get a degree wow. in it. So it, it. You know, that was back in 2018. So I'm sure there's some out there right now. Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable. There is future in gaming, folks. What we got? So Joe Sai, he's the owner of the Brooklyn Nets. That's what I, I would say he's most known for. And um, <clears throat> well, to the sports world, I'd say, but Alibaba is like where he made his money from. And that's where you can resource stuff and get products and resell them and stuff like that. Uh, he's making, he's making a 15th franchise in the NLL, which is national lacrosse league in Las Vegas, which he also owns another national lacrosse team. Uh, so I don't know how that's going to work, but he's the 10th. Hey. Richest he owns two lacrosse teams. Yeah, so he's probably gonna have to give up that stake. I'm assuming. Oh wow! So basically, so what? Name the list of places that like who? What is all does he own? Just in case people don't. So know. he so he owns the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Liberty, the the Nets G League team, and the 2K teams that we just talked about. And then he uh, is the one of the co-owners of Alibaba, which I just described, in, in another NLL team. So this is crazy because this guy, he owns the WNBA team, the NBA team, the NBA 2K league team. He owns everything over there in Brooklyn. Um, But it's pretty, it's lit though, because that's goals. You know, like if you find a place and you find like, this is where you want to camp up shop. I I feel like all these guys with money, all these men with a lot of money, this is like a game to them. Like I know they're they're playing games, but to see how many teams you can own, to see how much money you can make, to be on the top list of Forbes, that's like rich people games. And Joe is leading, baby. Well, but didn't he say that he really wanted just to be amongst the players? I guess since he wasn't yeah. playing, he's like he wants to be amongst the players. So the way the best way to be in the middle of everything is to yeah. own the team. <laughs> team you're in the middle of all of it so and the national lacrosse league and that's another a big thing is that lacrosse is becoming huge and i know is like, there an atlanta team yeah oh, and my uh, player across before lacrosse was like even big and Facts. so you know for it to be going like i remember when the kids used to come to mom's house and they'd be out there playing lacrosse and people would stop and ask them what are they playing? Because no one even knew what it was at that time. And now to know that that's in West Virginia, especially we don't even, we just don't have it. So in Maryland, Cole, you're up in that Maryland area. We know what y'all do is lacrosse up there. Okay. Like crab cakes, lacrosse. That's it. Okay. (laughs) We know that's what you got up there, but it's interesting In, in areas like West Virginia, we don't have the hockey. We don't have lacrosse. We don't have those type of sports. Um, that that other places typically have I yep. think they have introduced lacrosse into some of the high schools I think George Washington oh, okay. I'd have had a club lacrosse team in the last couple of years don't quote me on this as being but I've heard of, I've been starting hearing little rumblings about yep. lacrosse and I used to tell everyone well my grandsons played lacrosse years ago and they were very very good they oh yeah oh, it yeah. Was that you got in the way yeah I love <laughs> it okay so we got to check out where the Atlanta, does Atlanta have a team yet, a club? I remember you went to the one lacrosse game. I, I think they, guy, they, went to a college the Swarm. I'm tripping. Yeah, Shouts to the Georgia Swarm. Or that's what they're yeah, called, I think. Yeah. I think they might have, I think they might have folded, though. Oh, they did. I don't. I don't know. I gotta look it up because I feel like they did. Oh no, um, that might be why. Because I I haven't yeah. seen anything about it, so yeah. I need to find that out. But okay, lacrosse. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and another league that's starting up is the women's flag football league. I've been seeing a lot of of different things going on with that. I've actually been talking to one of the owners. Um, yeah, we need to see about that as well. I love this. I think the more leagues you can create, imagine people that get to live out their passion as a job, you know, like that's amazing. So I love that these leagues are happening. 
Um, because even FCF, we saw what happened with the FCF and players are getting tryouts on NFL teams. And it started with that arena football and just giving them a platform, giving them a place to perform and see what happens next. We'll see what's happening next. Okay. Uh-huh. Two, what you got, two, BP? two other things. Joe actually tried to buy the, the, the Panthers with Michael Rubin, the Sixers owner in 2018. And then he actually is an investor in the Los Angeles FC team of the MLS too. So, so he's yeah. basically in every. He's in everything, but he's like uh, one of the guys, like he's trying to be like, like a Mark Cuban. Cause he's always courtside at the game. I think he was courtside with um, Sabrina Nescu uh, the other day. Shouts to Sabrina Nescu. Shouts to that Brooklyn group over there. I love when the NBA teams treat the WNBA players as they should be treated celebrities, you know, that whole roll out the red carpet. Yes. Roll every team should be rolling out red carpets for their WNBA players. So shouts to Brooklyn for doing that. Absolutely. What's last on the list. All right, so last on the list, WNBA, um, the viewership is up uh, average 74%. Yep, say it louder for the people <laughs> in the back. Versus last season, and then the from 2020 to 2019, it was up 45%, so that's another, you know, 29% up. What a concept. Look at right here. Somebody come look at this. Somebody take a look at this because I'm really excited what's happening. I feel like our Atlanta Dream Games is low-key starting to be like a spot, like the spot that people come to just hang out, the spot, like this is interesting. And this is why, I, let me just explain the whole ethos to you. Usually when people come to WNBA games, they're not dressed to impress. They might be in their favorite <laughs> jersey. They might be in clothes that they went to the grocery store in earlier. It's just not that type of event as if people, when they go to an NBA game where you see that they are dressed head to toe, it's a fashion show. But what, what I've been noticing is that it's been a little bit interesting at our games the girls is coming in, they crop tops, okay? They coming in, they tank, tank tops. The guys is coming in nice fits. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Atlanta, what's going on? So I just like the trend of what's happening with the WNBA. People are watching the WNBA. There's The viewership is up on TV. Not just that, it's how people feel about the WBA's change and they're, they're acting different at the games. Like people are linking up. She, somebody told me that her and her crew just decided to pop up to a game and I'm like, let's go. So I just, that whole narrative of women's sports is boring, women's sports, whatever, women's sports ain't it. It's, it's quickly changing. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, talk about me, y'all. I came to the game dressed because I usually go everywhere dressed. But the <laughs> thing about my garb that I wore to the game is that I had a dream shirt on under my garb. So I was dressed, but I had some dream shirts <laughs> of my daughter. And uh, there was a lot of people there. And people were dressed all kinds of ways. You could, like you said, they could just go to the grocery store. They, some were dressed up. Some were in all sports, you know, or athletic gear. So however you chose to come, they came. But the one thing I did like about the game is the atmosphere. I mean, yes. people were into the game. And I said this to someone else, uh, Suzanne, uh, I can see where she and I are going to be some of the most vocal members <laughs> of Atlanta Dream Club. Okay, so Suzanne and Snook and Larry, even when he came, well, let me not exclude myself. We be turned up. Our group, we are turned <laughs> up in there. I'm banging on the seats. I hope there comes a point where I just felt like we had to make sure we're on limited capacity when it comes to COVID protocols. So we can't like pack out the arena. So we're in there making as much noise as we can as possible so that the players feel us, that they feel we're here, we're with them. And Suzanne's, uh, Snook, uh, Larry, every Everybody, junior. Don't forget Junior. Yeah, <laughs> Junior is the one. If you hear somebody screaming on the free throws, that's Junior. But that's what we do, okay? I hope it comes a point there will be because it's happening where we're going to pack the thing out. And whether we scream or not, you won't be able to tell. But yeah, Snookabooka comes clean in her customized dream gear. We love to see it. Well, yeah. And let me just let you know, I am going to be at a dream game and I will be dressed Let's go. Let's go. Okay, VP, you got a bonus one for us? Yeah, so um, Fox Sports or yeah, Fox Sports Hoops came out with uh, this little graphic. It said the most program wins in history and women's history. So one and two is Tennessee and UConn. Can you guys name who the third is? All-time all wins. Baylor. Baylor. 
Okay, Baylor Snook. Baylor. That's what I said. She Baylor. says Baylor too. Renee. Um Duke. Duke's no. never won. None of those are even on the top 10. So, well, I thought it meant, wait, I didn't think it meant championships. I thought it meant games that you have won. No, no, wins all time. Wins of all wins time. Wins all time. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they understood the question off rip. They were talking championships. Um, who won the most? Like, you talking about just if we, yeah. Wins in the whole career, in the whole career of the program. Oh, Stanford. I changed Stanford. my Stanford. No, I would say Stanford too. Look, stop copying answers. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor first now on the left. Right. Who did you say? All right, Renee, okay. what did you say? All right, the most, let me think of women's programs. Who was good back? Oh, what if it's like something like a Texas A&M, somebody that was good back? Like, let's go with, let me do a, a outlier. Virginia. You're all wrong. Wrong. <laughs> It's James Madison. What? James Madison. <laughs> and that's why I, that's why I had to say. I've ever watched one of their games. I, you know, I so, the, so the top ten. Cameron Young went there, right? I don't know. Ty Young. Uh, who went to James Madison? I'm not sure. But the top ten is Tennessee, UConn, James Madison, Louisiana Tech, Stanford, Texas, Stephen F. Austin, Old Dominion, Ohio State, Maryland. Oh hmm. wow. And that's Madison. <laughs> I need Madison out there like, getting doves, baby. Like okay. Whenever, whenever the sport, whenever they started. Okay, I, I, I understand. I, I get what you're saying. I just don't understand it. But okay, I get what you're saying. Well, well, maybe that started when James Madison was president. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, week one. That note, we're going to move on. To happening IRL. And actually, this is hero IRL because this guy, he's a he's a veteran, but his story is so unique. Okay, so Daniel Rodriguez, he's a Clemson alum. He played football at Clemson, but he's also an army vet. His story is so unique. He has a Netflix movie called Outpost where he plays himself in the Netflix movie. Unbelievable. Listen to what Daniel has to say. My name is Daniel Rodriguez. Um, I'm a U.S. Army veteran, Purple Heart recipient, uh, best-selling author, former Clemson Tiger, briefly stint with the Rams, um, motivational speaker. So, uh, and I dabble now music, uh, kind of doing some some things in that genre or arena, if you will. So, I, I kind of see myself as a Renaissance man, and, I, and I'm more and I'm so happy to be here and tell you a little bit more about myself. Love it. So, thank you for your service, first of all. Were you nervous going into the army after high school, just a young kid? Yes and no. Um, yes, because it was it was uh, uncertainty in terms of you know what the reality was about to be, but also it was kind of a last resort for me. My father passed away suddenly four days after I graduated high school, so my SAT scores and other things weren't in my favor, um, and it was almost a resort of of something that I, that I felt would give me a respectable outlet of what I was doing and would kind of cover up that I was really wasting away my high school year. So I was nervous because I didn't know, but I was also not nervous because I felt it was going to give me stability in my life. So it was a really weird position. Interesting. So after serving, what did it mean to you to, to have been through it and, and served? It was it was extremely uh, humbling. And, you know, I was grateful to have the the freedoms that America, you know, upholds to some degree, you know, or act, or have an optic on life that sees it worse than what I had it. So I, I had a perspective of, of appreciation more so. Um, on, on that same note, though, there are things that do frustrate you after you serve uh, because you felt like you put your yourself out there or for a cause and you come back and people don't appreciate it. So sometimes you have that, that realm of, of self, not selfish, selfishness, but just like, um disgust and sometimes of like man people don't know how good they have it you know and so it had that that contrast to it but um overall i was extremely grateful for my service i'm 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 appreciative that americans for the most part are thankful for the liberties that that we try to uphold and abide by so people thank me for my service so um that i'm very fortunate to have served um in a time where you know 
I, I wasn't a Vietnam era guy coming back where you've heard the stories of them. So um, I'm all, I'm honorable for my service. I did it uh, in a time when, when we were, uh, you know, back in 2006, when we kind of were in more of a conflict, but after I got out, I was thankful that I walked away from it, you know, like I was happy to have done my service and kind of move on with life. Okay. So after you got off out of your service, you did a workout video that went viral Correct, and yeah. ended up getting a D1 at offering. You chose Clemson. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that experience. Like was football always the plan? Yeah. So kind of like how we touched on briefly, you know, my high school transcripts weren't very good, but I was a, I was a, you know, AAU, ba I was a state championship in AAU basketball. Like I, I was a baller, right? I had like a division two offer in football. So I was an athlete. My father was the athletic director at Quantico. So I grew up on a Marine Corps base. And um, then that hiatus happened when I joined the military and you kind of, you, you're overseas fighting and you realize, man, these are all the opportunities I had. I should have applied myself. I wish I would have practiced harder. And you just start having everything come into focus of like what you let go of. And then I came back and had all my eligibility and my GI bill was going to pay for my college. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to grind this out, go walk on somewhere, put together a recruitment video. And that was kind of the snowball effect of how I got momentum. And uh, yeah, I put my last penny into a recruitment video that ended up going viral on YouTube. And I had about a hundred schools contact me to send me like, you know, we would love to have you as a preferred walk on and coach Sweeney down in Clemson, South Carolina was just like super persistent, just like, energy through the roof in terms of a, a coach that I felt like would be good for me to learn from and play for. Um, and yeah, that's ultimately kind of in a nutshell how I got discovered. My friends call me like the Justin Bieber of college football because I was discovered on YouTube. So uh, yeah, you know, but hey, it, it, it worked. It, it, it was and it's an amazing kind of story in terms of like, you know, putting everything out there for your dream and kind of coming back, try to live it. And, and it's, it was a ride for, you know, the next four years and had, had an incredible journey beautiful like I love that story that's <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I read it and you talked about putting everything out there and and you being a veteran I'm curious your thought process on Colin Kaepernick taking a knee because he's someone that did put it all out there and it didn't yeah. do well for him what are your thoughts just being a veteran on that you know I I stand I stand for uh peaceful protest, right? I stand for the First Amendment and our freedom of speech. And I think that he did a brave thing in terms of trying to uh, highlight issues that we're still facing today that we've been facing for hundreds of years since the 60s, really, in terms of like an activist progression towards it. So I think it is important for people, I mean, yourself included, like you could, you could put yourself not in that same echelon or platform of walking away from something. I read an interview on yourself as like you know you're passionate about this right now you know you don't know what tomorrow or the retirement renee might be i think kaepernick didn't know what tomorrow held for the retired um colin so i think you know in your time in your window in your dash of life that you have to commit yourself if you're truly about it so whether it's taking a knee or checking out from the season to really put your efforts into where you believe change is needed i support that cause whole, wholeheartedly so um I, I actually got offended as a veteran when people try to conflict his his action towards a uh, disrespect towards the military like i i hated that 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 narrative of like it's a disrespect to veterans it's like no if you actually for me as a veteran who served you know that's what we fought for is so somebody can burn the flag and or take a kneel like because that's what this country upholds is that's your right that's your belief that's what you stand for then that's why we have the American flag to be proud of that. You know, the symbolism is what it is. And I, and I, I always felt very unsettled when, when you, there, there was a clash between it being a veteran thing and an NFL or, you know, and I was like, no, this is our liberties. Whether I, you know, you know, so we uphold a whole bunch of things. People have a whole bunch of different stances. So I'm all for peaceful protest and somebody using their platform. Perfect example in case for somebody you can, you could relate to in, in the same thing is, is like a Pat Tillman. And the guy, he walked away from the game, a contract, a guaranteed worth millions of dollars to go serve because it was right now. He didn't know what that future was going to hold or what that conflict might uh, evolve into or deescalate to. And he felt that his efforts and time must be right now to make an impact. So, you know, those are three tier athletes that I personally respect wholeheartedly um, you, yourself in that that category because it's like you know you it's not a platform that you're using it's your life whether you've accumulated a platform through your love and what you do that's beautiful but ultimately it's still your life and you have to you have to be the author of your ambition for that so 
Wow. Thank you so much for that. Honestly, um, I did not expect that. Thank you. <laughs> you actually also came out with a book called Rise, which is about a soldier, a dream, and a promise kept. So, Correct. what led you to to write the book? What led you to do that? Uh, you know, it was I was in school. It was my junior year of college, and I had done a Tom Rinaldi piece on ESPN. And he had, you know, Tom Rinaldi just always does the emotional pieces on game day. And uh, it was it was a sentiment piece in terms of my military um, experience and kind of talking about how I was wounded in Afghanistan. And that got a lot of recognition from news outlets, you know, wanting to do specials. And uh, the same guy who did Kobe Bryant's book, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock's autobiography and a few military um, books reached out to me through you know, just a friend of a friend. And it worked out where I was hesitant to do it. But at the same time, I knew that or I was kind of told it's like, listen, this can be a powerful story for other people, you know, trying to do something veterans included. Um, so it kind of came by through just highlight and exposure at Clemson. And then I felt that I was with being represented properly by an author that could kind of tell the story. And the school at Clemson was ex it was extremely um, helpful of the process. So I was actually the first ever NCAA athlete to have an agent and representation and make money while I, I wasn't on scholarship, but while I was in school playing, because I was on a, I was on my GI Bill, but the NCAA and ACC signed waivers. I had a rep, I would fly and do a speech, a book tour, come back and play Saturday against Wake Forest. Like, like it was a really wild senior year for me, like kind of the, the positioning I was in, but uh, you know, again, that's how that's how it unfolded and I knew and I and it was cool because Clemson I think saw me bigger than the game of football and they saw the impact that I was having and being able to speak at different universities and organizations so I'm very grateful to have had that that opportunity in a university that that helped me because it, it just didn't fall like they had to help me through regulations and a lot of things so um, but that's how the book came across and I, I wrote it at that stage of my life and, and that kind of you know, took me a little bit further on tour um, to this day still. So. Well, shouts to Clemson because that's lit for yeah. them to do that because a lot of times they want you to only focus on football, them, them, them. So that was amazing. Yeah, they even, uh, sorry, not to cut you, they ha even have like a Disney Plus movie coming out, I believe this weekend. And it's on, it's a Clemson player. It's a really crazy story of a Clemson player who's something with his mother got sick and he was had his kid brother living in the dorms. And that was like a few years before I got there. And so Clemson just kind of has this track record of like helping the athlete first, trying to put themselves out there um, and, and, and embrace the bod the uh, family community, which I'm really proud of. So y'all should check out that movie too. It's a Disney plus movie. It's called, it's, it's something, but it's a, uh, it's based off the Clemson player. He was on Oprah and stuff. Like it was a really powerful story a few years back. Yeah. Like that's amazing. Like I'm going to start yeah. supporting Clemson just off of that. <laughs> and you, you talked about it a little bit, but you received the purple heart, a bronze star, can yeah. you explain like can you just tell me what it felt like to re those are like some of the highest honors for people who might not know but for you an athlete that you thought in high school you know you didn't know which way was up and you didn't know what was going on to now be receiving honors as a purple heart bronze star like can you just explain what that meant to you it meant you know I never joined it's it's kind of funny and 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 just meaningful to me because I didn't join the military for the accolades right like you kind of heard my road, how I got there. It wasn't something of patriotism where I went off to fight. Um, it was finding myself really. So when what I endured and having that recognition in terms of like being presented or being pinned the Purple Heart and Bronze Star Medal of Valor, like I'm just grateful that that my service isn't unnoticed. Like there, like that somebody that somebody understood that what I went through. But ultimately. At the same time, it's kind of like a burden to wear because like I came back and played football and I have friends who have purple hearts who don't have a leg. So it's like I have this same award, you know, that like, you know, I'm very respectful for and I know that I serve, but I know there's also people who have the same award that aren't living the life I have. So like I'm very cautious with it because like it I like that's why I started off I didn't join the army to get it like I was just doing my job so again it's very honorable to know that somebody like I'm they're thankful for it but at the end of the day like you know I have to just continue to, like be positive because like 
if I don't live my life in representation, then I feel like people who have the same award as me would be bitter towards me. That makes sense. Like if I'm not doing something constructive, like with both my legs, like I feel my friend who has, you know, who can't do what I could be doing would be like, man, you don't, you don't deserve this purple heart. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like it's a weird, like feeling to have it, but um, no, you know, ultimately I was just doing my job and, you know, I, I wasn't trying to do it for any medals. I was just like trying to get my buddies home and uh, you know, it, it was what it was. So <laughs> you deserve it and you should not feel that way, but I could understand just because you see people in different situations, but that doesn't take away from your situation. So no, no, no. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. 100%. What's going on everyone. My name is Daniel Ray Rodriguez and I'm rocking with remotely Renee. Great. And I just love honoring vets. You know, Memorial Day is for veterans who have passed away or died in, you know, service. But we have so many veterans out here who have served our country, protected us, and we need to give them kudos whenever we can. So I'm happy to be able to thank him for his service. Yeah, so I actually known Daniel for a few years now. He actually has a book too that I, that I read, probably like the last book I actually physically read besides like <laughs> audio books. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you guys should check it out. It's called Rise. Um, and yeah, he went to Clemson when like all the greats went there. Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Humphreys, they're all still playing right now. Uh, they sometimes call Clemson wide receiver you. So that's a debate uh -huh. that everybody has. Wide receiver you, huh? No, it's it's really crazy. I just love people that persevere. You know, he definitely didn't have just the straight path to it, but he figured it out. So shouts to Hero IRL. That's Daniel Rodriguez. Check out the Netflix movie Outpost, his book Rise. I mean, like, come on. These athletes are killing it. And next up we have, oh, we, I love this part of it. It's a remote game show. And that's where I just dial up somebody in my phone and I ask them five questions. People like to play games. I like to play games. Let me see. Hello. Hello, is this Rymel Short? This could be him. <laughs> this is Renee Montgomery, and you are live on Remotely Renee right now. We have a game show called Remote Game Show, where I ask you five questions. $20 a question. If you get them right, we cash app you right after the show. Do you want to play a game? Sure. <laughs> okay. Paul, you got two minutes on the clock ready? Nope. Hold up. It's a minute and a half. Yeah, a minute oh, sorry. And a half. Do you have the minute and a half ready on the clock, VP? Yep. All right. Rymel, question number one. Groups of lions are known as what? Uh, I know this one. Uh, groups of lions are known as a... a uh, I've not heard of... Uh, I know this one. Do you, do you want to pass? Your time is ticking. Okay. Um, yeah, pass. Pass. Right. What does NBA stand for? Uh, National Basketball Association. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. What color are goalposts in football? Yellow. Bomb. What country won the first Women's World Cup? First Women's World Cup? Um... I want to say Brazil. Uh, the United States of America. What oh. W? <laughs> what WNBA team did I win two championships with? Um, Atlanta Dream. Ah! <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Going back to that first question, groups of lions are known as what? Pride. Bomb, yes, welcome to Pride Land, Mustafa, Mustafa <laughs> with the Lion King. You got three out of the five questions right. Text me your Cash App name and then give the kids some ice cream. And thank you, you for joining us. You, tell him he need to figure out which game, which where you actually won the, the championships at. Now come ah. on now. That's my question for later. <laughs> I want to know that teams. It's Minnesota Lynx, right, Mel? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it here i love it here oh my goodness this is great i still feel like a minute and a half is a long time we might need to poll we're gonna poll you guys on social media and ask you guys if they deserve it one minute or a minute and a half i think they need to sweat he had so much time to think 60 seconds seems adequate we will figure it out from here we're figuring it out on the fly people play with us <laughs>
And Rommel, I know you lying that you don't know where I won two championships with and you are married to my sister. <laughs> do better, Rommel, do better. <laughs> I still love you. See you on family vacation. <laughs> See you on family vacation, but I digress. Let's move it on, move it on to remotely one-on-one. <laughs> So listen, y'all better talk nice to our next remotely one-on-one guest because she can knock your head off. You hear me? I'm talking about Clarissa Shields. And this is the thing about it. She's a two-time Olympian, a hundred-time champion. We can't even keep track. But what she's doing now is she's like, all right, I've done as much as I can do in this world. Let me cross over into MMA. So she just decided to try her hand at that. Check out what Clarissa had to say. Okay, so Clarissa, I mean, let's just start because the Olympics are coming up. The 2020 Tokyo Olympics are coming up. You are one of the youngest to compete in the trials. Can you talk about what it's like to win not one gold, but multiple gold medals? Um, oh, it was very, uh, it was very moving for one. Um, it changed my whole life winning the first Olympics, but to win it two times definitely changed my life and uh, probably the two happiest days that I've had in my entire life, besides like, you know, graduating high school or, you know, um, getting awarded a, a whole bunch of money and winning fights, but like definitely like the Olympics was the beginning of like my entire career for me. I, like, I love that. And because that's a like, you know, it's one thing I was someone I never made the Olympic team. So there, that's a level that very few athletes get to now. You went on to win four titles and you've broken almost every record. You're competing in different weight classes. The boxing world is different because you don't necessarily, your, your record almost doesn't necessarily determine what happens. So do you think that you get the respect that you deserve being a two-time gold medalist, four-time world champ? Like, do you think that that respect is given? I'm a 12-time world champ. Oh, get me together, okay? A 12-time world champ. Do you think yeah. that, that that's given to you in the way that, that you feel is deserved? I don't know. It, uh, all, all the credit and stuff is not given to me the way that I feel it should be. Um, but that's not completely uh, falls on me. That falls on women's boxing and promoters and the, any, and the inequality and stuff like that. And... Um, that's why I'm doing MMA now because for me it was always about being the best fighter and and fighting against the best and beating the best and breaking the records and then you feel like when you do that that's where the money comes right you get the million dollars you get the mansions you get the cars exactly and it was like I'm a 12 time world champion two time undisputed three time division world champion come on you know, where is my you know where is my you know money and where is my you know where is my credit and it was like no matter what I accomplish in boxing, I could become a 20-time world champ. Yep. It wouldn't change my situation. And uh, and it wouldn't add too many more dollars than what I have now. So it really, to me, seems like I was taking a huge risk without a big reward. And um, it was like, there's nothing else I can do. So I'm going to continue boxing as I do my MMA. But I've gotten way more exposure, um, endorsement deals, sponsorships, TV shows, and everything just from making this journey to the MMA and I haven't even fought yet. I fight in 21 days. Yeah, you fight in 21. So I want you to see the shirt I wore because I really believe that invest in women, pay women, hire women. That's why I asked you the question yes. because in the women's basketball and all women's sports, it's the same thing on the male side. There's a certain pay level and on the women's side, there's just not. So can you just talk about with the MMA now, the exposure that that has brought because we do know that that is an explosive field and it's it's fun it's exciting you have your first fight you said in 21 days and it's I mean that's that's a big deal you know like to, people don't just just so people listen and understand <laughs> it's not just normal and easy to go from no. camp to now you're going to mixed martial arts and you're going to be just fighting MMA can you just talk about that um, well, one is definitely not easy. That's why I've been staying here in Albuquerque since December. And uh, people who are in Albuquerque know that this is not a place that I, I think many people want to live. It's like I have my whole dorm here. I have one. I got a big, uh, see, back in Michigan, I have me a big, nice three-bedroom, three-bathroom, uh, three full-basement house. So I call it my mini mansion in Michigan. And then I come here in this 
one bedroom kind of like studio apartment and this is where i've been living since uh since december and uh the training is way different you know you're not just training you know because my boxing is phenomenal but now we have jujitsu muay thai wrestling jujitsu it's, it's so many different arts and the thing is you can be great at one but you still have to know how to use that one thing or two things for you to win a fight so it's like it's in boxing, you win fights on punches. Yep. You yep. know, now it's like you can win fights with kicking, choking, arm barring, leg locks. That's crazy. Yo. And then, you know, still get knocked out with the with the hands. It's so it's like you got to be more prepared. And it's actually more it's it's more training and it's more stressful on the body. And um, you know, just the sparring in itself. You know, I've been able to get in the ring and get rounds in with Holly Holm, um, Arlene. She's fought against Chris, uh, Chris Cyborg, um, a girl named Kayla here. Like I've been sparring against some very experienced women who have been in MMA for some for some years and decades. So it's like I'm actually playing catch up, and it's very humbling to have to come here and do all this training. You know. Listen, you uh, should be about that shit on you. I don't know something about that makes me hype because it's new. Like, cause I'm an athlete, so this is something new, fresh, and you're gonna. I feel like you're gonna tackle it and you're gonna master it. Now, I wanted to ask you about something because I saw it going around. But there's this celebrity. So you know the boxing. You talked about how boxing. There's a certain pay ceiling that you're just not gonna get past. But we've seen that celebrities come into the boxing world and the yeah. pay is through the roof. Now, I know that this probably not going to happen, but the idea came up with how do you feel about fighting a man when it comes to like someone like the Paul brothers? Because a lot of people are like, oh, women shouldn't fight men. But I'm like, if, if, if you want the smoke, how does that work? Like, you know, how do you feel about that? If, if it's a man? Versus I've already I've already voiced my opinion and let Jake now let Jake, uh, Jake Paul and his team know that I whoop Jake Paul's ass. That's okay. it. <laughs> you know, but when you have like, men's boxing and women's boxing they always want to say oh men are stronger this way i've been sparring against men my whole life so if jake paul wants to smoke i would whoop jake paul's ass oh, and that's just that I and uh it. um he would be he would be the dumbest man in the room to get in the ring with me <laughs> i tell you that oh dumbest i love man. it listen so y'all hear how she's talking this is exactly why espn plus is premiering an exclusive on you so i want to talk a little bit about that because this is big you talked about wanting to be in mma because of the exposure look what's happening already the fight hasn't even happened yet we'll get to you know what before we get to that it's, like, it's crazy it's crazy because when you see espn docuseries where they have like multiple episodes of fighters yeah. they're they're re they're retired they're dead right yeah. and it's like i get to experience living in my flowers now like i get to you know, have them on this journey shooting me now while I'm 26 years old. So when I turn 55, I'm gonna be looking at this like, look what I was doing back when I was 26. I was being shot by ESPN every day. I had my own docuseries. They was watching me box and watching me MMA. You know, they were watching my whole life. And you know, not many athletes get to experience that. No, you know, Mike no. Tyson didn't get to experience that. He didn't have his own docuseries when he was boxing. Everything came after. Even Evander Holyfield knows are one of my two favorite fighters. You know, but it's like you don't get your flowers and get to smell them while you're actually here. And now that I'm experiencing it, like all it is, it's sometimes it's unbelievable. It really is. It's like, is this for real? Do I really have a docuseries coming out? And then you watching the ESPN Plus commercials and it's like, oh, there she go. There she go. You know, announcing it's National Streaming Day and I'm Clarissa Shields and watch my series coming out June 5th. And it's, I don't know. I just be like, it's, Wait a minute. Are it's, you it's sure insane. Because I had, I read that it's June 3rd. Okay. So is it June 3rd? The first episode premieres a Thursday, June 3rd. I thought it was June 5th, but you know what? I fly out to, to the, uh, blah, blah, blah. June, June 5th is something else. June 3rd probably is right, but June 5th is in my head for some reason. Yeah, no, I'm going to make sure people know. June 3rd is when you need to turn to ESPN Plus because we talked about it, though. That's that's what I was kind of getting to. You deserve it. So usually you're right. We always wait for athletes to get to that point where they're no longer playing or, you know, it's an afterthought. But we talked about it. You said 12-time world champ, baby. Get it together. Yes. <laughs> 
Okay, so listen, if you don't get fired up listening to her talk, I'm tuning into that fight, but also tune in to her four-part all-access series on June 3rd, ESPN+. Plus. This is major. So when ESPN+, Plus and these other people do things like this for women, people that don't usually get that spotlight, we talk about women's sports is on the rise. Well, looky here. Tune in June 3rd. We'd love to see it, Clarissa. And I'm going to be, I got my money on you, girl. So let's make some money, honey. Okay. Okay, so for remote roots today, Snookabooka, we're scholars around here, all right? Snookabooka is the scholar, and we all just listen to her. Tell us what you're tuning into today, Snookabooka. What you got going on this week? Okay, uh, I'm getting ready to start my summer reading program. You know, most kids in school, they have books they need to read over the summer, and so usually I've got a good book for when I get ready to go on vacation. And if you couldn't tell from what we've been talking about packing, we're getting ready to go on a vacation. So I wanted to pick a good book. And so I thought about one. I looked at the New York Times bestseller list and I saw one of my favorite people, a great leader who I'm really inspired by has a new book out called Just to Sleeps. And so check this out. I'll talk a little bit about the author, Stacey Abrams. I have often been inspired by the tireless work that Stacey Abrams has done, both as a politician and a leader. I was elated to hear that she has a new novel out, While Justice Sleeps, that is at the top of the New York Times bestselling list. Here is a brief synopsis a of very the key, book. A brilliant young law clerk for the legendary Justice Howard Wynn is doing her best to hold her strained personal life together. But when the shocking news breaks that Justice Wynn, the cantankerous swing vote on the court, has slipped into a coma, Avery's life turns upside down. She learns that Wynn has appointed her to serve as his legal guardian and hold his power of attorney, plunging her into an explosive role she never anticipated. As you can tell from the overview, Stacey Abrams' book is a fiction book. I guess I was in the dark and didn't realize that Stacey Abrams had published eight romance novels under the pen name of Selena Montgomery. It's very, very odd for an author to have books both in the fiction and nonfiction realm. Our Time Is Now is one of the nonfiction books that Stacy has, and she also has a book that's nonfiction entitled Lead From The Outside, also New York Times bestselling list. So I'm going to dive into reading this book, and if you get a chance, you should check out her new fiction book, While Justice Sleeps. So yeah, I I might be um actually joining mom with this one because I love reading. Okay. Coming into one of my books, so I might have to just scoop this too for our so we can bounce back and forth on some conversation while on vacation. <laughs> I like that. I might audio book it on the yeah. way there for the travel. I you know what? This is so bad. When I was playing overseas, I was reading so many books because we would take those 10 hour train rides in Russia. We would take those nine hour flights overseas. So I was a reading machine. I actually like like holding the book too. So I'm not like a tablet reader. I like holding a book. Then audio books came in and they just introduced a whole new world to me where I could basically be like the matrix download the information to my brain and just like take it in and it's just hard for me to go back I'm just not going to lie it's hard for me to go back to the the paper and ink but we are going on vacation my this is our first family vacation like since I, we were like little little kid like when was our last family vacation called years years <laughs> yes since you were little I know that my kids were actually little and my oldest ones were like five six years old when we took our last like family vacation i think it was the time when you had your foot in the boot yeah i broke my foot yeah i think that was the last one and that was wow yeah oh years ago <laughs> so so long story short we don't really do the vacation thing so we're about to start doing it now like the pandemic what it brought was that you need to take time for family you need to take time for things that matter so we are doing exactly that I might grab a book and flip a page. I don't know while I'm on the beach drinking a pina colada. I don't really know, but it's if you like pina coladas. Yeah, we're, we're really excited. 
Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So listen, you guys. So for Remote Roses this week, we got the creator of W Slam, Camille, on here. Y'all know the vibes, okay? So Camille, talk about it. You've been in women's sports for a long time. Then you started W Slam. How did that become about? Because we've always known that Slam has been here, but how did W Slam become a thing? Yeah, so I was, um, I had just met you. I was working at the league uh, on their social team and having a blast doing that. And, you know, in between contracts, the Slam team, you know, uh, they also, for the viewers that don't know, Slam the magazine was run by like 10 people for 20 years. 10 people produced that magazine, not even like, and normally it's like three writers, three or four writers. So it was pretty insane the amount of work. Um, and so Slam was a magazine for a really long time. Um, the CEO sold it at a, a, a part in time, bought it back. And then we were bought by a private equity firm. So we started turning into a media company about five or six years ago now. Um, and right, you know, when that started happening, when I got hired, there was 12 people um, and they wanted to expand on their women's content and their women's business. And so that's why I was, uh, you know, found and brought in. And that's what I've been doing for the past two years, which is it's insane to think that it's been two years already. Crazy. I literally just started yesterday. Um, but yeah, that's what it was all about. And I think they wanted someone with a vision, um, understanding what Slam already was, but to take that vision and now apply it to a new strategy, a new demographic, a new game. And I think that's really what it was all about is bringing that, you know, slam up to what should have been happening for the past 27 years. But uh, mm -hmm. hey, they we're were here now. We're here now. We're here now. We're here now. Exactly. Uh, okay. So what is that vision? Like, what are some projects y'all have upcoming? What are some things that you're looking forward to? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's all about storytelling at the highest level. Yeah. So I think that's something I've taken a big focus into um, since I started the position. And not only what's happening on the court and these women's stories on the court, which are incredible, don't get me wrong, but what are, what's also happening off the court, who these people are as humans and really telling, you know, that side of their, of their story beyond what they do on the court. Yeah, um, and so some of the things that we've been really working on, and I'm sure you've seen, we've done a couple series on the high school side. Yep. So, um, uh, we did our first series of all eyes on us with Paige Beckers and her senior year, the second season. You gone? UConn, oh, exactly. Second season with Easy. Sorry. So UConn part two. <laughs> um, and really telling her story and how her and her team played basketball via COVID because beyond her, she was very lucky. And, you know, her recruitment process was basically done by the time COVID started. But half of her teammates yeah. didn't have offers. One of them, Lee Volker, had zero offers going into last summer. And obviously without, with COVID, I mean, they had to make it work whatever way they could. She ended up getting offered and is now playing for Duke and Kara Lawson. Wow. So it's one of those types of stories that we've really been trying to hone in on, especially on the younger front. But beyond that, um, I want to, I've been doing a couple of day in the lives with some uh, WNBA players. I did one with Taya Cooper. We just did a big cover with Sue, yes. Diana, and, uh, and Sky, which is really incredible. And so really honing in on those stories as well, like the legends of the league and not only the new and up, up and coming players. So we have a lot of things in the works, a lot more covers in the works. Yes. Um, so, you know, trying to hone in on what we do on the print side, but also what are we telling story-wise on, on the editorial and digital side? So a lot of things. Okay, so I love it. That's, you can never tell too many stories because every player has one. Yep. That's the thing. Like every, every player has a story. Every player that's played before has a story. And so I love that people are starting to now tap into that and just tell those stories because it brings fans in you know you start to learn more about them we watch every singing show the voice and american idol what do they do to us right with before we hear the people sing they want to tell us their whole life story why because they want us connected to that person so yep. we watch them every week so we need, just need to do that same thing when it comes to women's sports mm -hmm. so camille are you ready to show some love on our remote roses segment it's but very I, competitive around here. <laughs> I've heard. I saw. I saw. Uh, uh, PG sent me the one on on work done, which I'm, I went to Florida State, so I was. I knew like by that second time when he said Florida State, I was like, I know. Oh, you knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm a big fan of this. Excited to to do this. All right, so everybody, get your boards together. Let's get it together. Give us rose number one. Okay, rose number one. She was the 2002 
uh, WBCA All-American Game MVP. So that's a high school, high school game. Okay. She's a- uh, Whoa, 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 one hint oh, at a time because oh, oh, oh. I got to guess. Is it Elena Beard? It is not. Okay. Okay. She hint number is, two? Okay, okay. She was a, a two-time Naismith College Collegiate Player of the Year. Okay, this is really, okay. This is a baller baller, okay. <laughs> Let me see. Anybody got any answers? Snooker book of like she writing something. Any answers? Anyone? Any takers? Hit number three. Let's get Rose number three in here. Okay. Okay. She was the first woman in her school's history to have her jersey retired in any sport. Oh wow. VP, what you? I'm just got? gonna. I'm just gonna throw Sue Bird out there. Just maybe. Not Sue Bird. Okay. I thought she was in UConn at 2002. I think Brittany that's right. Yeah. Not Brittany Griner. Okay. <laughs> Are y'all ready for hit number four? <laughs> I feel like we sh I should know this. This is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> I didn't know it. To be fair, I chose stats and facts that would make it a little harder. Because I mean, there couldn't have been like that many. That. There, yeah, there no. couldn't have been that many two-time winners. <laughs> right. yeah. Okay, okay let's see. What's four. that hint? What's that rose number four looking like? Okay, okay. She was named to the All-Star Game as a rookie and set the rookie scoring record that same year. Who is this Hooper? Oh, I got it. Oh, oh. man. If he wins <laughs> Oh, no, you don't. Candace Parker? Nope. 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 No, that's not the right class. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, 2002. Yeah, 2002 is... That's what I said. I'm going back. I'm trying to figure out... I'm waving my board right now. I'm trying to figure out... Um... Okay, some Hooper came in there and got right to it in the WNBA. You hear me? All right, then it got to be. All right, I know who it is. Uh, Why am I drawing like I'm having complete blanks? Snook. Two-timer? Two-timer? Tamika Kajings. Not Tamika. Diana Tarazi. Not DT. <laughs> wow! Yes, it's crazy. Cash. Swin Cash. Not Swin. And Cole, you need to write your answers. <laughs> I did write it up there. <laughs> Yo, Aunt Rose number five, I can give it to you. Give it to us. Worm. Oh, Worm is Asia Jones. It's not Worm. Okay. Rose number five. This one Let's, might give it away. Okay. She got one of the nastiest crosses in WNBA history. Oh, I know it's Simone Augustus. There it is. Money Moon. Yeah. Let's go, Simone. Money Moon. I can't even see that you wrote that. Did you really I'm, write it? Oh, you better read it. Well, well oh, Renee, I'm disappointed in you because you started that. <laughs> And you didn't even know all that stuff. <laughs> yes, there sir. it is. Uh, read it and weep. Simone Augustus. <sighs> okay, great one, Camille. <laughs> yes, I had to give y'all the heart. I couldn't be like she went to LSU. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that would have been easier. Yeah, that would have <laughs> exactly. been really easy. When you said that crossover sealed the deal, that right to left will break an ankle every day <laughs> of the week. Simone Augustus, this is for that right to left crossover. Simone Augustus, this is for when you just get mad and go on a run by yourself. Probably eight to ten point. I give you my flowers too. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Simone <laughs> Augustus. Simone Augustus on your retirement. That hey. I'm glad now. I've seen now the runs were made. People showed all the love. You got the roses, Simone, for her dad who cooks so good that seafood etouffee, baby. Uh, Simone, <laughs> for the welcoming me into the links in 2015 and making me feel like family. And then it was just that all the way through. And then to Simone Augustus's the rest of her career because what I love about her is if people don't know the reason that she retired is she didn't want to take a spot from someone else like that's a that's a really big thing to do when that's your job that's your livelihood so I just that was like the perfect way for Moan to go out in a sense of that's Moan being Moan so Moan this is for you and Camille for what you do for women's sports oh, for the you. branding for the W yeah. slam all the covers we need all of that love <laughs> what you're doing so this is for you guys man we love Love it here okay yes yes and roses to you on everything you do man i'm so incredibly proud to have been able to watch you these past few years glow up you're owning a team what <laughs> do it for the dream i ain't gonna do it do it for the dream i ain't gonna do it hey <laughs> so i appreciate you guys so much and thank y'all for having me on oh, thank, thank you for the great you. questions those were some and great continue questions. on thank you we appreciate it 
Yes, we love it all. Thank you, Camille. Oh, I love remote. Appreciate you guys. Have a great holiday weekend. You (laughs) too. Okay, you guys. So this is what it's all about to me. And, you know, not on no corny stuff, but Camille's killing it, what she's doing. The people we bring in for Roses are killing it on their own. And then they show love to people that are also killing it. That's what this show is all about. This is where we connect while being remote, but where we also just show love. Come here and get some positivity next week. We'll see y'all then. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.